For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's Friday morning, and I um, want to do the next round of this uh, Summer Bonum series that I've been dealing with. Uh, it's listed by Mishpara Stefanski uh, in, the, in terms of... Uh, what is the final goal in Judaism? You know, how do they see the, the, uh, what is it that you can ultimately look for? What are you diving for? And I started with the Gonic period. And last time I read extensively from, uh, Sadjigon, because I think he writes it pretty clearly. Uh, and I want to round it out with the other, uh, quote, but I'm not going to quote the whole thing because I was told people want to hear all these long uh, quotes. Um, and I read it in English. Uh, which is pretty close to the original text, and that's the famous Teshuvah of Haigon, who lived a generation or two after Sadiagon. And so I would say in general that if you're talking about what do you expect in the future, there was like a shita sagaonim, you could say. You know, there was a certain raid that was going on at that time, the way they saw, in their opinion, the unfolding of the Messianic era. Okay? Which is fine, because, um, let's put it this way, they... Um, looked at the whole Tanakh and they didn't claim to be prophets, but you try to put all the Pesukim together and come up with a uh, a defensible position, shall we say, a theory, and that seems to be what they've done, what they did. And it's interesting in many of its uh, details, although, as you saw in Sadiagon, and same thing in Rav Haigon, the main emphasis, the bulk of the, what they're talking about has to do with the Messianic Wars and the Hevli Mashiach and that sort of thing, which is not what the sponsors of this podcast are about particularly because they want to know what comes after. And then it's not so simple. Now, um, then it's not so simple. I would remind you that there was a whole scenario that they envisioned where um, there'd be all kind of cataclysms and war and Hevli Mashiach and Gogo Magog and there's a Mashiach and Yosef process and Mashiach and David process, although Sadiqon is a little more clear. He says that Mashiach ben Yosef is something that you can you don't necessarily need. If the Jewish people do Teshuvah on their own, you won't need that. You can go straight to Mashiach ben David. Although it doesn't look like that's going to happen. But um, you know, I mean you never know. Uh, and that's of course based on the reading in the Chumash in, in Parshish Nitzavim. So you see, in order to have a handle on how these great people thought a thousand years ago, you have to know the Tanakh very well, which most people do not know. And then you see disparate psukim and different Nevi'im, and you wonder, is this guy giving one scenario and the other guy's giving another scenario, or are they all part of the same scenario? And the sheet of the gun seems to be that they're all part of the same scenario. And um, as a result, uh, you know, you see that there's eventually a Mashiach ben David, Maybe maybe it's preceded by wars in which Mashiach ben Yosef is killed and all that sort of thing. But for our purpose, the purpose of this podcast, eventually, after this, then the other, you know, they finally have a happy ending. But what is, what's the definition of happy ending? Okay? And I'll tell you what I mean by that. Um, do we understand, as a simple reading would tell us, that the summum bonum would be that the Jewish people will have uh, security, peace, and prosperity in an Eretz Yisrael with the base of Migdash and so on and so forth 
in the time of the Mashiach, and that's what you have to look forward to. Which means you live, you die, there'll be righteous, there'll be wicked. Maybe there's a certain modification of that, but you'll, you'll, uh, what's the right word? You'll um, live out the glorious future in this world. It'll be a lot better than the world is currently, and not only in terms of anti-Semitism, but it'll be this world. So it's not exactly a Ruchnius type of thing. Now, this is complicated because do you mean that when a person dies, is it just in the Shum is left, or I don't want to go into all that, whatever is left is left, and then it, it, it retakes another body or its original body? That is what the Gonim say. So let's say a person died in 2022. Then, and let's say for argument's sake, the Mashiach is coming in 2025. This whole process I'm talking about. And remember, according to the Gonim, the Tchias HaMesim will be part of the Messianic process. Now, the Ram does not agree, but I'm talking about what it says over here, the Shadigon or Haigon, people like that. But then was Pashat, that the Mashiach, among other things, is going to be a time of Tchias HaMesim. Okay, that's fine. So what does that mean? First of all, housing will be at a premium because you have millions of people coming back from the dead. And you're going to see the Rajma and Avram Avino and Yitzhak and all that sort of thing. And then what? You see, then what? We don't know the details because I just raised a very interesting kind of question. Uh, are we going to have a Malchus? Let me put it this way. The Mashiach is supposed to be Malchus-based oven. Okay. But he's going to bring back Avram Yitzhak Yaakov, Adam Rish and Chava, people like that. So, compared to them, the Mashiach will be like a garnished, no? I mean, the Mashiach ben, ben David will rule. I mean, why should he be better than Moshe? If Moshe Rabbeinu is coming back, I would imagine he want Moshe Rabbeinu or Avma or something like that. You see, Dana, they don't sort all that out. It, it, it You know, I, I think because, in my opinion, the style of the Gaonim was um, not to go into all these details, especially with the Balabatim. Uh, if you want to know where this shub is, first of all, it's online somewhere, and it's in the Ozer Gaonim and the Stepansky book. But most people have the Ozer Gaonim more than the Stepansky. And the question was, Shisha Altam, okay, Shisha Altam, Lafarish Lachem Ektiya Yeshuba Metchil Vatsil Vatchil Samesim Bishamayim Chadashim. So they asked about several things. A. Yeshua, B, Tchiyas HaMesim, C, Shemayim Chadoshim. Now, that's interesting because they're not identical. So, the restoration of the Jewish state, if you want to call it that, will be in Mashiach ben, ben David. And he'll have the wars with Gog and and this, that, and the other. But it's complicated because if you remember the way Saigon said it, the Tchiyas HaMesim, including the Tchiyas Mesim of the Mashiach ben Yosef, who was killed earlier, will precede the Gogomogog. And so, like I said before, if Gogomogog is attacking us, why do I want to be led by a Mashiach ben David? I mean, why not Moshe Rabbeinu or somebody like that? You know, that's what you think. So, the style of the Gonim is not to get into these kind of nitty-gritty details. Because, as Rahai Gon says at the very beginning, in Bossi Lafarish Lechem Kol Dover Vodoverim Dikdukov I can't get into details, I can only speak in the general way. So, 
there's limited value to these kinds of things because he's only telling you a general picture. And the, the holes in the narrative, such as I just described, he doesn't go into, and I would even say there are Kabbalistic reasons and things like that, because believe it or not, the Gaonim were mystics. I don't know if it's identical with the Kabbalists. We understand it today. That's a separate question. But they were very into mysticism, and they're fully aware of the philosophical issues that you find in, you know, like the Rambam's writings and things of that nature. But they, that's not their raid. That's not their sprach. That's not how they talk. I remember seeing once, I forget exactly where, but it's in the Jacob's book, that they were asked some question about Nagarata, and the guy wrote, he said, I heard there's a mystical reason, and he said, we don't discuss mystical reason, we just get rational. That is to say, as a matter of policy, when you're dealing with the seaboard, you get rational interpretations. What they hold themselves personally is a separate issue, but that, in order to understand properly, you have to be extremely well-educated, which very few people, very few people were in the times they'd gone in, even today, and uh, you have to be a big Tom Hawkham, and so on and so forth, and uh, therefore, we're not going to get into that. So the questions I just threw out at you, which any intelligent observer will come up with, were present, but he doesn't deal with them, you see, if you want to get down to the nitty-gritty. But rather you deal with the with, with the process which involves a series of wars and conflicts, at the end of which there's a triumph of good and the destruction of the bad. And I'm not going to read the whole thing over. And then you ha- so then comes the Stefanski question, and then what? Okay, and so a base of Migdash will be rebuilt, either physically or miraculously, okay, and and there'll be some kind of a final judgment. So now we're already starting to get into, you know, Vasepis is going over here. Ulamit Tchiyas Mazos. Who's going to be Zochot to Tchiyas when it happens? And he says, L'chol Mishet Hoyet Tzadik Misrael Mitchiloso or Abal Tshuva. Avlamisha Avonos Amrubim Zuchu Yosef Veloso Tshuva Eno Mitchiloso Mashiach. So first of all, the Mashiach of time and Tchiyas is not for everybody. It's only for the good people. Okay, that's number one, right? Only for the good people. Which he says is why you tell a person on his deathbed to make a vidoy. Okay? Now, um, that's what's going to happen over there. And those who will have Tchiyas Mesim will not die. And then, he's going to say over here that the Jews will, uh, and the guy will be amazed at these miracles, because after all, Tchiyas Mesim can't beat that, okay? And basically, will show up. For all you calling Yisrael Nevi'im, and the Jews will be, all have Nevuah. So that means that those who survive won't be everybody. I mean, I hope it's you and me, but I don't know. Not in his vision. It'll be the elite. Those who didn't sin, or those who were righteous, or those who became Bali Tshuva, those are the ones who get Tchiyas And living through all those miracles they'll be different than they are right now. And that's why they'll be able to be Zohan to Nevuah. So that's a different uh, level of living. So a person who's saying he wants to, you know, make it to the happy ending is really saying, unless the Mashiach comes right now, that you better live a good life now and then get the Tchis Mesim later. And then you'll, you'll be in for treats because the Nevuah is like a tremendous high. It's bigger than marijuana, you know. It's going to be a tremendous high. And it says all the Jews will get Nevoah. There's a passage like that in Yoah. And then he says, and this is quite remarkable, Ha'umus and Nishoros, he is Gairu. Okay? And then he says at some point, 
if this is true, that the guy will then convert to Judaism. Whoever is left in the world will be a Megayer. Which is not the way others see it, but that's how it is. So, the Jews of Nineveh with these other guys, I don't know. When they come to Mashiach, they'll say, stop wars and things like that. And there'll be no higher throws over there. And he says, the lion will lie down with the lamb, meaning there will be miracles of that nature that the nature will change. So if the nature is going to change that a lion won't be dangerous, it's not possible for you and I to actually speculate successfully on what kind of a world is going to be because it's so different. He's talking about changes in the natural order. Once you talk about change in the natural order, which we haven't seen yet, so how can I sit here in a podcast or something like that and say, oh, the Godem says it's going to be exactly like this. They themselves are saying there'll be a new Messias. Okay? Once there's a new Messias, we can only, we can only speculate because our knowledge is based on what we've seen until now. We haven't seen or have been informed about what the new reality is going to be like in times of Mashiach. We just have a general idea that it's good. But we don't know the nature of it. You understand? Uh, and he says, the highest rose will give in, the lions will like know with the lamb. And he says, Now those who were revived at Chiyas will live on, and those who will happen to be alive at time of Mashiach will eventually die after a very long and happy life. I don't know why that has to be the case. Okay? Um, and then, But eventually, okay, uh, and here comes the point, eventually, there'll be no death at all. Now, you and I cannot really envision what a world would be like without death. It's a basic part of life. I know it sounds funny, but I don't mean it to be funny. You understand it? Everybody's here for whatever span of time, and then they're not here. And let's put it this way. Make way for the next generation. So it ain't going to be like that. So that's an example of what I'm talking about. We've never seen something like this, and we cannot speculate, maybe unless you're a science fiction type guy, what's it going to be like if nobody ever died? Mikanal Habo. And those who will be dying in time of Mashiach, which he said they'll die after a long, happy life, will get to Olam Habo. Well, wait a minute. You didn't tell me what Olam Habo is. And he really doesn't go on to say that. Okay? He just says people will live a long time and things like that. And he says somewhere over there that things you can only have in your imagination, in your dimion, will you'll see in the flesh at the time of Mashiach. Um, and the Shechina will come down. I read you that in English two weeks ago. So, and, and the Shechina will be visible. He says, like a giant pillar of fire. So, we've never experienced that. We don't know what this means. It sounds good, but we don't, you know, but it, we, we don't know what it means. Okay? And he gets it from a Pusik. And he says, it'll be such a powerful fire that anybody who wants to travel Yushalayim will be able to see it by this fire. Meaning, even though it's uh, thousands of miles away, I'll be able to see it. Okay? Because Ha'or Ha'hu Gadolmen Ha'or Hashem Shweyareach. Oh, so, I mean, I read the words and I understand it, but it's all taking place in Olm Hazeh. Okay? V'yafrom Yushalayim came Chadashim till Yisrael Yushalayim shall shibit cholfa v'avro. And the old Metzias will be gone. And it'll be replaced by something totally different. Okay? V'yashav ha'machusim ha'tsof ha'olam. And they'll be in this happy state until the world comes ceases to exist. 
Now, wait a minute. So you're telling me that's not the Summum Bonum. You're telling me the Messianic era and all that stuff that goes along with that is like a prusdor, is a, you know, preparatory stage or preceding stage to the final, 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 final. Okay? And he says eventually the world will cease to exist. Now, what you understand, if the world ceases to exist, it means time will cease to exist. Do, can you cop that? Time is a function of the, of, of the physical world. There's no physical world, there won't be time as we understand it. So, what will that be like? You'll live in a certain state of being, but not in the physical type. He says, some say, they many thousand years and some of the other thousand years, but it doesn't matter when. And there'll be an end. They'll come to an end. Right? <coughs> so you see, even <coughs> the thing that Rambam was later criticized for, you find already in the Gonim. You know, that you live, you'll die, you'll live again, you'll die again, come back, and the final business is not physical. Because, again, he doesn't explain it why, uh, uh, clearly, because I don't think he's trying to, but, excuse me, but um, he's trying to say over here that the final, final schar will not be in this world. I don't know why, and nobody, I think, has a good answer why it's necessary to have Mashiach time and all the rest of it if the final solution to happiness is in a spiritual state. You don't have any physical body whatsoever. But for some reason, that's what we're hooked on. You know, that, that, that seems to be the Jewish tradition. So there must be a reason why it's necessary First, to have an Olam Hazat component, which is characterized by wars and Mashiach time and all the rest of it. But that is not the final business. I'll say it again. He says, HaMesim Yechyu V'yiras Yeshua V'yetsu Ba'atzma Elolam Haba U'bosa Shah Yivra Hashem Shamayim V'aretz HaKherim Chutz Me'elu So there'll be another plane of existence, but it doesn't necessarily mean to be identical as ours. So if there's another Shemaim Baaretz, and again, do remember, Shemaim means metaphysical. So this is fascinating. God will destroy, you know, because I have no need for it anymore, not only the planet Earth, but the uh, heaven and hell, you know, the, the world of, of, of metaphysics. Correct? The world of Ruchnius. And it'll replace it with a different world of Ruchnius. Ah, you tell me, how can he do that? Hashem made everything. He, does, he doesn't live in heaven. He, he made heaven. That's a common mistake, right? He made heaven. And he can undo it. And all this stuff that you read about in the Sfarim, there's a Malachim and Neshamos and Sphiros and all this other business. He don't need, you know. <laughs> the definition of God is he can, he can machavek with them in a second. And he will. So all the Kabbalah stuff you're learning is only I get. I mean, look, I'm not a Makubal. Maybe they're talking about what they're speculating in the future, but you know, just to understand, like, there is all this world, meaning the Ruchnius world is pretty t- hard enough itself, there will be an entire new Messias. Okay? Yivrash, HaKadosh Baruch Shomayim V'aretz HaKherim, Chutz Me'elu, V'atzadikim Shochnim B'intayim, Olamim, and the Tzadikim will live in between, uh, you know, whatever that means, right? And, uh, and that's how he concludes. So, in other words, it seems to be that 
the summum bonum is life in a different plane of existence that we cannot understand. We just know it's going to be good. It knows you want to be there. It'll be Shemayim Baruch HaKherim. Uh, everything that we understand will be gone. Now you see, this is, a, this is an attack on the concept of, of reality. Because if we speak rationally or scientifically, so you see, everything has to be subject to logic, to science, to all this other stuff. Okay, maybe so, maybe not. You know, that's debatable. But if there'll be an entirely new Messias, then there's no point in trying to figure out what rules it'll go by because there'll be different rules for its existence. I can know, or I can work at the rules for the existence in the world that you and I exist in now, both the physical and as well as the spiritual world. We can, we, we can work at that, right? Some can master that. Or they have no idea what a different dimension of reality is going to be like because it's unprecedented. And so what he's really laying out over here is that, the, you know, I in Lorosso, the eye is not seen yet what Hashem has in mind. Uh, at least, don't go into that kind of detail. They talk mostly, as I said before, about the wars, the messianic process, the political side of things, um, uh, the after, uh, details about the war, very interesting details about the fact that the uh, Geula will be partial. You know, some Jews will stay in America until it's all over, and then they'll come to Israel. He writes along those lines, you know, in other countries. So some Jews will be, quote-unquote, at the wrong place at the wrong time, and others won't. Some people will be there when Gogo Mugo got taxed them, and others will be elsewhere. Sort of like happened in the 1940s. The Jews in America ducked the Holocaust. It didn't hit them. The Jews in Europe hit them. But what comes at the end, I mean, if it's Yivra Hashem, Shemai Varz HaKherim, Chutz Me'elu, whatever that means, let's put it this way. Will that next world, the Shemai Varz Chutz Me'elu, will it have a dimension of space? Will it have a dimension of time? Eretz now does. The Eretz HaKherim, Chutz Me'elu, may or may not. I mean, you know, we don't know. It's not possible to know. So if you want to know, at least the best of my knowledge, because uh, I know the classics, I don't know all the details, if you want to know what it is that Jews imagine, including Gedolim, at least to the, level, to the point that they wrote in public, of how they envision a glorious future, it involves a national uh, salvation, a national rebuilding in Eretz Yisrael, the base of Mishan, all the rest of it. But at the personal level, what happens to you, Lamaisa, sooner or later, your existence is going to be in a spiritual type of way. Meaning, uh, when I say spiritual, that's a terrible word to use. I know that, but you know, that's what they use. It'll be in a non-physical type of way. Once you're telling me it's going to be in a non-physical type of way, and that's the final goal, then all the physical descriptions are a waste of time. Because we're talking about a type of existence that we simply don't know. I mean, you can speculate, and that's what philosophy is. I'm serious, you know. You used to speculate and all that kind of stuff, but they don't know. Because they've never seen it. You can only argue from experience. If there's something of notes, if I say, tell me what the Google boo-boo is, you, you know what I'm talking about. You understand? You know what I'm talking about. Um, anyway, this is this is how uh, the Rabbi Gon addresses the issue to which uh, people behind this podcast are interested in. 
which is what's at the end of the process? What am I davening for? So when you when you daven, you say like this. Let me uh, let, let me put it this way. A plain common sense reading of this will be like this. Baruch Hashem, bring the Mashiach tomorrow, but let the war happen somewhere else. When the war's all over, then <laughs> send me a telegram. Uh, a text is okay. WhatsApp works. And, you know, then I'll go to Israel myself. After the Gogomogo business is all over. Then we'll have a grand old time. I don't know exactly how that grand old time's going to be. We don't know precisely the nature, but it'll be a grand old time. But I realize that that's not forever. Eventually, the Shemayim Varetz, in other words, the, the, the reality as we understand it will be it will cease to exist and be replaced by a different reality. And that's how Hashem has plans to run the world. And so therefore, that's going to happen. Nothing will stop it. You just hope that little old me will be in the right place at the right time and will be part of that new process of living in the Shemayim Barts Chadashim, which will be a world of schar, not a world of onish. And uh, that that's, as far as I can tell, that's the best you can shoot for. Um, I'm sure myself, knowing that Haigon particularly, you know, was knew about the mysticism and the Muslimism. Well, I know that's a separate discussion. Um, and so, you know, they 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 did speculate about the nature of these new worlds, but that's all is speculation. And he would not share that with the public. You're not going to find this in one of the Chuvas Haigonim. The gun were written to Rabalabatim, basically or low-level rabbis in the communities around the Arabic Empire, who are entitled to write a question like that because inquiring minds want to know. But if you want to get to the ultimate, ultimate level, you got to be the Arizal, something like that. And even then, you don't really know what's going to be in Shemaim or Chadoshim. You just know how the Spheres and the Kalim and all this other stuff work in this world, okay? And if you even told me that there's some couple that writes about it, it's got to be speculation because how would you know? Unless you tell me, you know, the guy got Nabu or something like that. So I hate to be, you know, not clear, but I want to get across the point that um, the Gonim are pretty vivid about the Messianic wars and processes and rebuilding of Israel in the Beit Samigdash. They get unclear when it comes to the final Summon Bonum. Uh, anyway, that's what I want to say. And I, once again, I want to thank Ms. Stefanski for sponsoring this unusual series. And uh, I bid everybody a good job. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.